Mission Shaped Grace, that's it. Mission Shaped Grace. I have planned out the sermon series, I promise. And uh, the home groups are going to be using this book as well, and their home groups will be a little study guide uh, to sort of pick up uh, some of the topics. So if you're thinking of um, yeah, following a bit more detail, you can grab this off uh, Amazon. If you want to know details, grab them, I'll point you in the right direction, and you can read along. So I'm going to read, uh, first of all, uh, from the Bible. I'm going to read from Luke chapter 24. It's on page 1062 if you want to follow along. Luke 24, uh, verses 36 to 49. Jesus appears to the disciples. While they were still talking, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, why are you troubled? Why did doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones, as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they were uh, amazed, they still did not believe. He asked them, Do you have anything here to eat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish. And he took it and he ate it in their presence. He said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything about me must be fulfilled that is written in the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I'm going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we gather together to hear your word and to live in obedience to it. And Lord, we pray uh, that you would teach us, encourage us, challenge us uh, through your spirit, that we would live lives faithful to you and in witness to you, that you'd empower us by your spirit to the glory of Jesus. Amen. This comes at the end of the book of Luke. Jesus has risen uh, from the dead. He's appeared to two disciples on the road to Emmaus. They've turned around. They've run back uh, to Jerusalem. Uh, They've met with the other uh, disciples. They're telling them excitedly uh, what has happened. And in the midst of all this, Jesus uh, appears among them. Their world has been turned upside down. It's been shattered by the events of the last few days. Jesus' trial, his crucifixion, the empty tomb. And the fact that he had predicted that all this had happened hasn't made it any easier for them to bear. They've heard that the tomb is empty. Mary Magdalene has told them that she has seen the Lord. But it still seems to them that there's a kind of absence of proof. And then Cleopas and his friend come rushing in with their news of what's happened on the road. 
And you can imagine the confusion and the babble that that causes. And then suddenly, Jesus is standing among them. Suddenly, they're face to face with what up till then they've just been told about. Suddenly for them, hope turns into reality. First thing I want to remind us of this morning is that Jesus was with them. As I started the service where I talked about that minister standing in uh, her church and testifying that God was with them in the midst of their travails. As Lucas has spoken about uh, God being with them in uh, all the events surrounding Dorothea's uh, birth and her sickness in hospital. So God is with uh, the disciples in this room. And so God is here with us now by his spirit. How do they react at the discovery that Jesus is in their midst? You think it would be with joy and excitement and hope and exuberance. Everything that has been proclaimed has been found to be true. The Lord has risen. He's risen indeed. He is there with them in their midst. They had heard the promises of Jesus from his own lips. They had the testimony of their friends who had nothing to fear. And yet we hear that they are frightened and afraid. Even though Jesus is standing before them, they're still startled and frightened and afraid. It's one thing to be told that the tomb is empty. It's quite another to see Jesus standing before you. It's one thing to hear that Jesus would rise from the dead. It's another to see him eat fish before you. Jesus is there and Jesus is here because Jesus is alive and that changes everything. This is the heart of the Christian faith. This is what makes the challenge of following Jesus uh, unique and compelling. We don't just follow some teaching. We don't just have our lives shaped by a story. But we live in companionship with the one who is alive and comes close to us by his spirit. And that changes everything. They're anxious, they're awestruck, they're frightened, and Jesus speaks words of peace. What are the first words out of Jesus' mouth? Peace be with you. This is addressed to the eleven who have deserted him, who've disowned him, who've denied him only three days before. To Peter, who said he didn't know him. To John, who ran away. But notice there's not a word of rebuke. There's not a single sharp comment. Calmly and quietly, he appears in their midst and he begins by speaking of peace. The truth is, he's far more willing to forgive than they are to receive his forgiveness. These four words reveal his heavenly heart. Peace 
be with you. Where is the sinner, however great his sin, who needs to be afraid of the presence of Jesus? Where is the backslider, however far she has fallen, who needs to fear coming back to the one who calls her? Peace be with you. Maybe these are four words that you need to hear this morning. Are you afraid? Are you anxious? Are you fearful? Are you worried? Are you coming back to work and not wondering how you're going to do it again? Does your stomach churn as you considering the possibility that you might uh, be known as a Christian in, uh, amongst your friends or at your workplace, at, at your college? Are you anxious? Peace be with you, says Jesus. Do you wonder how you could even share your faith with your cat, let alone another human being? Don't be worried. Peace be with you. Here afresh these words of assurance. Jesus comes to his followers, his disciples, and he promises them two things. You will be my witnesses, and you will receive power to do this when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You can imagine him adding, so relax, calm down, don't be afraid. Because the truth is, it's not all down to us. God, in his grace and by his mercy, is going to shape us to be witnesses for him. He's going to empower us by his spirit to uh, be witnesses for him. He's going to equip us and gift us. He's going to give us all the words that we need to be witnesses uh, for him. We just have to collaborate with him. We just have to walk with him. We just have to move with him. We just have to be obedient to his calling. But living a life committed to Christ and in obedience to Christ is not something we do for him. Living as a witness to him is not something that he's kind of subcontracted out, delegated to us, but something that he enables us to do. He walks beside us, he goes before us, he follows behind us. He speaks words of peace and blessing for us to pass on to others too. So remember this, he is with us. He speaks words of peace and blessing to us. And he also tells us the gospel and the importance of the gospel. Verse 45. And then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations. Jesus gives them the what and the why of the message that they're to share. Like many of us, I've just uh, come back from a holiday. We had some time away, and there's a little uh, pattern in our family life that develops. I don't know if this feels uh, familiar to anybody else. Uh, while we're away, I grab my camera. I've got a nice camera. I get it out. I take loads of photos. I take photos of the kids. I take photos of the landscapes. I take uh, photos of the place where we've been staying. And for a, a couple of weeks on holiday, I just take photos all the time. And then I get back, and I'm enthused again about photography. 
Uh, the camera that sat and used in my uh, study for six months is, is kind of dusted down, brought out again. I start to play around with it. And I, I start to watch YouTube videos uh, to find out how I can improve my photography. I get a little bit obsessed. And uh, there's, generally, there's generally kind of two types of uh, YouTube videos that you can watch about becoming a better photography, photographer. Um, the first one is the kind of how-to videos, and these are always the same. There's always a kind of geeky kind of guy, um, sat at a table, white screen behind him, and he's got loads of kit spread out. And he begins, he talks you through all the kit. You know, this is the type of camera, this is the type of lens, these are the tripods that you can use, these are the filters that you can use, all this kind of stuff. I'll be, I'll be engrossed in one of these videos, and Sally will walk in, and I should have been getting tea ready or supervising the kids or something like that. And she'll, she'll spend a few moments looking at me watching this video. And she'll go, what are you watching? <laughs> and I say, oh, it's this guy who's showing you how to get the ND grad filter right on your camera. And she'll go, you are so odd. <laughs> and she'll kind of, she'll go out and she'll leave me to it. That's, that's one kind of video. The kind of, the kind of how-to, the nuts and bolts. This is what you need to know. This is the information you've got to have. This is how your camera works. But then there's another kind of video as well. And in this kind of video, it's more of a kind of bio video. It'd be a, a photographer who have gone along to photograph something somewhere, and they've taken a camera along, and they've filmed himself uh, taking these photos. And he'll be talking about what he's doing. And they're always set in beautiful places. So they'll be, they'll be walking across a, a glacier in Iceland, or photographing a, a fjord in Norway, or, or kind of a beach in Hawaii. And the light will be perfect, and it'll be an incredible setting, and there'll be inspirational music playing, and the, the guy will be talking about the kind of photograph he's taken, and why he's taking this kind of photograph like that. And, and again, Sally will come in, and she'll see me watching one of these videos. Beautiful setting, lovely music, gorgeous. she say, what, what are you watching? I said, it's this, this guy, he's, uh, he's talking about where he's sort of taking some photos. She said, all right, okay. If you ever want to take me there to take some photos, I really don't mind. Because <laughs> that video, that video tells you why he takes the photos. It doesn't just tell you the kind of, you know, this is the kit, this is what you do, this is how it works, this is their technique. It, it, it reminds you why. It inspires you. It kind of, you get a kind of warmth in your heart. You think, oh, I'd love to go to that place. I'd love to do that. I'd love to be a photographer like that. Jesus gives his disciples the what of the gospel and the why of the gospel. The truth is, you need to know the what. You need to know how your camera works. You need to, you need to understand that stuff. And, and as Christians, we need to know the what of the gospel. We need to know what the good news is. This good news that we have to share, we need, we need to know it. There is content to the good news. There is a message at the heart of the good news. Jesus opens their minds so they can understand the scriptures. He tells them what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. That's the kernel, that's the heart of the Christian message. And we need a grasp of this. We probably all need a better grasp of this. We need to understand the significance of this. 
As I talk uh, to folk about sharing their faith, as I talk to folk about being witnesses, the same thing comes up again and again. People always say, well, I I wouldn't know what to say. I'm not confident in the message. I come to church and I I hear about Jesus, but I'm not quite sure how it all uh, fits together. It's a bit like having a camera that we don't don't quite know how all all the different bits work and how they fit together and what they do. That's why as a church we run courses like Alpha, where we go a bit more deeper into the faith, where we have a bit of a refresher of what's at the heart of our faith, where we look at the, the key questions of who Jesus is. Can we, can we trust the Bible? Who, who did Jesus say he was? Why did Jesus die? What does it mean? What is prayer? How do you pray? How do you read the Bible? All those kind of questions. Uh, we've got some flies about Alpha. Tim's here. He gladly talked to anybody who he wants to kind of uh, explore this together with others. A chance to ask questions, to, to play with the camera, to have, have a bit more time to look at how things work and how things fit together. If we're going to share our faith, we need to be confident in the faith that we share. But there's more to it than that. Being a witness is more than just knowing, knowing the message having some kind of pre-packaged talk that you can, you can just kind of give out to people. There's a why as well. Why do people need to hear the good news? Why should we share our faith? And Jesus talks to the why as well. Verse 48. That repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all the nations. The gospel, the good news of Jesus, is more than just a message. It's a summons. And we are more than simply messengers. We are heralds. We are ambassadors. We are witnesses. We speak for another. And not a strange or foreign power, not someone far off and distant. But we speak for our Lord, our Saviour. We speak for the one from whom we've received grace and mercy and strength and peace. We speak for the one who has uh, forgiven us. We speak for the one who has strengthened us, who's healed us, who's uh, delivered us, and all the other things that come from being a Christian. And we share this message that others might discover this too. There is a big story, and the big story is the good news of who Jesus is and what he has done. And then there are millions and millions of little stories. And the little story is the difference that the big story has made in the life of an individual. The difference the big story has made in my life, in Lucas's life, in your life, In your life, those thousands of little, little stories, like little YouTube videos of of photographers all talking about the same camera, but then going out into into the landscape and showing what they did with this camera and the difference the camera made in their place. The incredible views it opened up uh, to them. The new experiences that it enabled them to have. We need to be able to talk about our, our story. The difference Jesus has made to us. 
the grace that we have received from him. The difference he has made in good times and the difference that he has made in difficult and challenging times. One of the um, uh, joys that I have is preparing couples uh, for marriage. And they come and see me and we'll spend some time together and we'll, we'll talk about the wedding and plan uh, the ceremony. And, and one of the things that I always kind of ask is, you know, and how did you two meet? And how did you two decide that you wanted to get married? And as soon as you ask those questions, uh, the women just open up. It's It's amazing. And uh, I love to ask the uh, I love to ask the uh, the guys. Um, so, so how did you fall in love with your wife? And straight away they begin to talk. Well, I I saw her, and the first time I saw her, this or you know, I didn't like her at first, but then as we spent time to get to know her or friendship, and they just they did once they get going, they can't they can't stop because they're talking about the person who is the most important person to them. And as they talk about this person, they also talk about the changes that have happened to them, how they've changed, how they've developed, how they've uh, grown, how their relationship has changed and developed. So it is in, in sharing our faith. It's not just about communicating a message, passing on facts, giving, giving a story of who Jesus is, but it's talking about the effect that he has had on us, the changes that he has wrought in us, the challenges he's helped us overcome. Uh, the joys that we've received from him. When you come to Christ, he draws out a response in each of us. And that response is called faith. And faith sharing is about sharing what's happened in you as you've come to know Christ and grown to know him more and more. And the good news is we all have a story to share. We all have a, a testimony to give. We all have a, 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 a witness that we can um, relate to another. And the good news is you don't have to be an expert to do this. You just have to be a witness. Witnesses um, speak in law courts all the time. And few of them are experts in the law. Few of them really know how a law court works. So they, don't, they don't understand the finer nuances of, of what's going on. They're simply there to tell a story, to be a witness, to tell what happened. This is where I was on that day. This is what I saw. This is what I experienced. This is what happened. So it is with being a a witness for Christ. You just tell your story. This is where I was. This is how I found out about him. This is how I came to trust in him. This is the difference that he has made. One of the things I hope we'll do in our home groups as we uh, go forward in this uh, course and in church as well is, is become more confident in sharing these stories with one another and encouraging one another with them. So to draw to a close, three things to learn from our passage this morning. He was with them. He turned up when they weren't expecting him. He was there in their midst before uh, they knew it. He changed everything. He's here with us today. We say in our communion service that the Lord is here. He'll be with you tomorrow morning. He'll be with you Tuesday afternoon. He'll be with you Wednesday evening. He speaks words of peace and blessing. 
You think you've blown it, you think you've messed up, you think you've failed, you think you've let him down. Not as much as these guys. Peter who denied him. John who ran away. Peace be with you, he says. We all have a story to share, a big story, the story of the, uh, the living Lord who died and rose again. And the smaller story, the, the personal story, our own story of the difference that has made to us. Let's pray and then the band are going to lead us in worship. So Lord, we <clears throat> commit a new season in the life of the church Uh, to you. We commit one another to you and we pray in this next uh, few weeks that you would indeed uh, encourage us and equip us and fill us afresh with your spirit. That we be faithful to you in all things and faithful in sharing you in all situations. In Jesus' name. Amen.